Welcome to the Zero Fucks Podcast, the raw and unfiltered account of the journey to create your diet culture-free dream life and start living the authentic and unapologetic life you deserve from two girls who actually did it. Each week, Don Michaela, the founder of the Mindful Eating Revolution, and Lonnie Mitchell, founder of the Weightless Warrior Academy, are bringing you guests, thoughts, and hot topics to help you bust through the limiting beliefs that have been holding you back and shed the emotional weight that has been holding you down. We're pulling back the curtain on how to reconnect yourself, body, mind, heart, and soul, take your power back, and free yourself from fear and self-judgment. Get ready to unapologetically follow your bliss every single day, giving zero fucks about what other people think. Are you with us? Here we go. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Zero Fucks podcast, the very first one. I am so excited. So what this podcast is all about is self-love, positive mindset, identifying your limiting beliefs, finding that confidence from within, which means ditching obsessing over your diet, and how about actually just ditching the diet altogether and that diet culture so you can live a healthy, confident lifestyle in mind body and soul. So we do get spiritualness podcasts as well. Um, since this episode, really what we want to do is just introduce ourselves, tell you what the podcast is about. And we're just so excited for this. So Don, if you could please enlighten us, tell us your story of your journey. What were the peaks? What were the lows, the turning points, the aha moments? Just give us all the good stuff um, and tell us a bit more about yourself. All the juicy details. Uh, well, I started my diet journey um, at about the age of 11 or 12. And, you know, like so many women out there, um, I was, you know, comparing myself to women in magazines at, you know, in like fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade is kind of when it started. And, you know, I did my first diet with my mom when I was 12. Um, we went to Weight Watchers, so that's when I started, you know, normalizing, standing in line to get weighed and getting on the scale, which was like absolutely humiliating. Um, but like that, that started at about twelve, and that's when it just it really cranked up the temperature for me in terms of self judgment. And then going into high school, which I was shy. I didn't know anybody. I came from a really small school. So then to be thrust into like this huge, you know, high school, um, I was feeling insecure anyway, didn't have friends. Um, and then I started having my first experience with sexual abuse, um, in high school and I hardcore turned to food to handle that to handle the bullying that was happening at school as fallout from that. I didn't have any friends. Uh, I would literally hide in the bathroom um, to avoid the bullying. And well, if I brought more food in the bathroom stall with me, I'd have more to do while I'm sitting in there for lunch break. So food really became my, my everything, my best friend, my comfort, my confidant, um, everything. Um, and then, by the time I graduated high school, I was over 200 pounds, was the most depressed I've ever been. And I had this moment where I was like, I'm going to lose the weight no matter what. I don't care what I have to do. And that's when like self-value just 
took a hike and <laughs> just like self-value left the building at that point and it was like i don't care if i have to starve myself i don't care what i have to do the weight is coming off and so i started abusing diet pills at that point i started doing all those celebrity juice diets that tasted horrible um but i would gag myself through this i put myself on my own diets there was even one point where all i did was eat cranberries and almonds for two weeks um don't recommend that it's not not a good not a good one but so that kind of and i did i did lose some weight but i was still so unhappy and still felt broken and still felt unlovable and like i was trying to earn someone to just come and tell me you're okay you're okay you're beautiful i love you i felt like that's what I was grinding so hard to to achieve to look in the mirror and see somebody worth loving and I went to some really extreme measures to to get to that point um, I never got to that point mind you but um, you know it, it really pinnacled in college when I decided consciously to become anorexic um, of, I'm just gonna stop eating because I keep binging, I keep self-sabotaging, the weight keeps coming back. I, if I just stop eating altogether, this will fix it. Um, and so I, I got down to where I was only letting myself eat 500 calories a day. And that eventually led to me collapsing. And <clears throat> I woke up in, in the hospital with an IV in my arm. And you would think that that would be like the wake up moment of like, something needs to shift here. Um, but it wasn't because my first thought was like, shit, I'm going to have to start my diet again. And wow. that was a little bit of a wake up call. Like when I had that thought and I was like, whoa, that's scary. That scared me, um, that I had that little regard for my health and for my happiness. And so I finally called my mom and told her, you know, something's, something's going on. I, I need help. With this that was a massive moment of bravery of admitting that something was wrong and i, I needed help with this because um, i think so many women get stuck in that i know what to do i'm just not doing it and they won't allow themselves to admit i i don't know what i'm doing and i need i need help so that was a massive moment of surrender for me to be able to do that we're just not knowing where to start yeah not really knowing where to start yeah it's like they think it's starting in on monday but it's like dude you're just on this vicious cycle that you need help getting out of this cycle um altogether and so thank god you know fast forward thank god the person that i ended up working with was a mindful eating coach and she immediately recognized that this went way deeper than just food that this was an emotional mental spiritual shitstorm that was just manifesting as struggles with food and so she helped me reframe how i saw food and myself in relationship to food and that massively transformed my life it liberated me in so many ways but something was still missing like even with the mindful eating portion there was still something that I, I still wanted to lose weight. I still wanted to be skinnier. I was still comparing myself. I was still struggling with, I'm not lovable, still struggling with some body shame. So even though I wasn't binging anymore, food was so much better. My relationship with myself was still on shaky ground. 
until I found meditation. Once I started committing to doing the inner work and I started meditating and I started doing what we call like shadow work of really doing the work to go in and face my fears and face my demons and look at the limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough. No one will love me. I have no value that had been installed so long ago and doing the work with meditation to start clearing that and releasing it. That's when things really like I felt different. I felt like I had shed a thousand pounds when I started releasing that guilt and the shame and the belief that I wasn't enough. Let and me then when I this really quick though, yeah. um, because a lot of women I've noticed they'll like, I'll say to them, we'll, we'll go through, we'll talk a bit. And, you know, maybe they've had trauma or abuse when they were younger, or, you know, it, it could be something, you know, smaller or whatever, but they'll say, you know, I've, I've already dealt with that, but then things that they say, it's obvious that they haven't, or they'll say, no, I, I don't want to talk about that. It's just, it's too difficult. I just, I need to learn to lose this weight. I need to learn to love myself. And you and I both know it's in that work that you're avoiding that the transformation is. So how did you decide, cause you worked with the mindful eating coach, but then how did you decide, okay, I know I'm avoiding this work. I'm just going to do it. That's an interesting question. Um, it actually came in a way as so many things do. It came in a way that I was not expecting. Um, it came actually from a completely different situation in my life. Actually, my relationship with men that I had a situation where because of my lack of self value, I found myself in a really bad situation that really blew up and backfired and fucked with my head so bad that after that, I had this like come to Jesus moment where it was just like, okay, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like I've lost all sense of self. Mm -hmm. I don't even recognize myself when I look in the mirror. I feel so far away from that little girl that I know is still in there that, that I, I have to, I have to fix this. And so it actually happened when I swore off dating and I was like, I'm not dating until I'm good with me. <laughs> like, so I was single for four years. And for so for four years, all I was doing was committing myself to inner work. And like, I went back to therapy and I started meditating and I started journaling and I started being like, where did I veer off course and abandon myself? Like at what point in my journey did I just say bye <laughs> and go off, you know, to like, God knows where, um, you know, this, this land of trying to earn love and validation when the truth is, it's like, I was always worthy of love and validation. I never had to go anywhere or do anything, but because our society is so, you know, fucked from here to Tuesday in terms of like how you get love and validation. It's like, I, I, I took the bait and found myself so far away from myself. So it was actually a byproduct of like, okay, I'm done with men until I figure myself out that I realized 
all of this underlying shadow work, this pain, this fear, this beliefs of separation that I was like, oh my God, this has been massively affecting my relationship with my body as well. Like, okay, this is across the board. This is affecting things. And so I was doing that work, but then I was like, what exactly you were saying if it's like okay i've dealt with this but i haven't been able to release it yet like i i feel like i'm conscious of all this stuff now but i still feel this heaviness this weight in my soul and i feel like no matter how much i talk about it no matter how much i journal about it i just cannot get this out until i discovered dance <laughs> and i've been a dancer since i was little and i'd actually funnily enough i let the mean girls body shame me out of dancing. I stopped oh, dancing because girls were telling me I was fat and I didn't, they didn't want me on the dance team. And so I stopped dancing. I've been a dancer my whole life and I let myself be body shamed out of dancing. So again, that's like one of those abandoned points of it's like yeah. I abandoned myself because some other girl told me I'm not worthy to dance. So when I started dancing my way, no steps, no choreography, my way, and allow myself to fully be in my body, all of that pain just started releasing. I felt like chains were just breaking off my soul, and I just felt things peeling off, like scabs just peeling off, and I was just like, oh my god. We're connecting back to that little girl who was just free in her body. Yeah. So like me taking to the dance floor was like a revolution. It was like one of the first times I danced, I went back. You know how like music can just like transport you back? Um, I went back to that day when the girls were telling me you're not worthy of dancing. And it's like I could remember exactly what I was wearing. I could see their faces. I could hear their voices telling me I'm not worthy of dancing while I was on the dance floor dancing. And it felt like such a, you have no power over me anymore moment. It was like, dancing was like this act of rebellion of like, you don't own me anymore, man. Say the two words, you know what two words I'm thinking of. You shall not pass, is that what you're talking about? Oh, like the fuck you moment. Yes, fuck you <laughs> moment. Sorry, I went total nerd, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like, like what? what the hell? <laughs> yeah. No, it was a total fuck you moment. Yes, of like, you don't get to do this to, to me anymore. Like, I'm going to be who I am. And when I started combining those, when I combined mindful eating with meditation and the inner work plus dancing, that was liberation for me. That was the recipe to freedom for me. And that's exactly the cocktail <laughs> that I teach my clients. When you come work with me in the mindful eating revolution, that's what I teach you is mindful eating plus meditation plus dance and it's a freaking powerhouse man so i kind of boil down my whole 12 year journey of how i freed myself into like 90 days so you don't have to spend 12 years figuring this shit out i can teach you in just three months how to how to do this so you don't you don't have to waste you know more years of your life it's like that lonnie love book like I like I fucked up so you don't have to or, or something like that I just saw it on Instagram too yeah um but yeah she has she has this book which I I do kind of want to go read it but something of like I did all this so you don't have to kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, but that that's so amazing and so funny too because dance is a huge part of me as well not saying that I've ever necessarily been good at it <laughs> but I remember being like five 
in Massachusetts going to the summer festival and being the first one on the floor and all the parents and adults looking at me and I'd see other kids and I'd drag their little butts out on the floor and be like, come on, come dance. And I can tell when my, when my soul and my energy is off because I'm not dancing as much. Yes. That's so amazing. And thank you like for sharing so much of that story because there's there's some heavy, heavy shit in there. And I know it's it can be difficult to share, but I think it's going to be relatable to so many women and can help them and they'll feel like, hey, you know what? She went through it. She made it through this. She had this situation too. I'm not, I'm not alone. Yeah. Right? I think yeah, and I think that's so powerful. And like why well, I'm, I'm excited for you to share your story too here in a second. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's one of the horrible things about diet culture and dieting and like what this does to people long-term of it puts you in a state of shame mm-hmm. and like shame is so isolating. Like when you're in shame, you're so ashamed. You don't even want to talk about it. You don't even want to share it because it's like, Oh my God, this is so bad. So you fall into this place of thinking I'm alone. Which is so ironic because so many people experience it. Right. Which is why like such a big cure, well, I don't want to say cure, but like way out of this is to start talking about it, is to start shining light on the shame. Because it's like, I guarantee you, if if somebody were to come on and talk to both of us, I'd be like, I guarantee you, there's like nothing that you can say that either we haven't experienced or we haven't heard from some of our clients. Like there's nothing to be ashamed of here. This happened to all of us. We were all in this together. And now it's our responsibility to work together to help us correct this. Like when I said, like I went veered off, so many people did that. And so now it's like, we're helping each other come home. Um, and, and, heal these wounds that we sustained along that journey of trying to earn love through manipulating our bodies. I love that. And guys, if it wasn't clear from the title of this podcast, um, I talked a bit about what, you know, this podcast is about in a nutshell, it's about figuring out what to and what to not give a fuck about. So you can live your best life and feel confident and go fiercely and courageously living the life that you want and becoming that version of yourself that you want. Um, So yeah, learning to give zero fucks about what other people think, giving more fucks about what you think of yourself. So I'm, oh, I am just so freaking excited. I'm pumped up. I have chills. What about you? Tell me, tell me your story. Share your story. Um, so my story is a bit different than yours. Um, so mine more so came from, it, it was body shame, but it wasn't so much weight. So I remember in middle school, um, I, like, I've always been teased, even in elementary school, but in middle school, as you know, we start developing and puberty and everything like that. Um, I am very well endowed on the top, we shall say. I have big boobs, let's just, you know, I'm claiming it. I have large breasts. Um, <laughs> so I started getting called stuffer, which didn't make sense, cause it's like, yo, I'm in swim class with you. That That's some pretty talented shit to be able to like go swimming in a bathing suit and stuff and <laughs> pull that off, but okay. 
Um, so I was called stuffer, whore. I was given a letter in high school that was supposedly from a friend, right? Um, they thought they were sneaky. They weren't. I knew who it was. And I almost don't even want to talk about it right now, given the satisfaction. But it, it pretty much said, you're a whore, you're a slut. No one likes you. Guys are only ever going to want you for your body. No one's ever actually going to love you. Wow. Yeah. I was also sexually assaulted in high school. And the principal said, well, did you egg him on? Which, FYI, I did not. <laughs> we literally were having a conversation. We were kind of like flirting, like sort of having playful banter, right? But then he just goes and gropes me. Um, and so it, yeah, there was a lot of shit. Um, and mind you, like, I, I think I kissed one boy, like, at the point I got that letter to, um, so it's not like I was active or anything like that at that point, but, yeah, it, it just really started playing to me, and I was so aware of my body, and I felt like a clown, I, because I was thin enough, right, but having these big boobs on top, I just felt like a clown, I did not feel comfortable in my body whatsoever, um, and then as high school went on and we start having more choices over our food and stuff like that, um, and just, okay, what, what high school chick doesn't think she's fat, right? <laughs> so I thought I was fat looking back at the pictures, like, dang girl, okay, you're fine. But then as I graduated and I went to college full time, I was working and I would just bounce back and forth. All I did was work, go to university, and do my homework and eat. And so I started making poor choices, quick choices. There was Taco Bell at the food court. There was pizza. There was Burger King. So I just went for food that tasted good because I was stressed and wanted to feel good, and it would fill me up. And so I did start gaining weight. Um, and then I graduated university in 2013. My childhood dog passed. Um, that summer, I graduated in December and in May of 2014, my dad passed and I, mind you, I had a chip on my shoulder because of all the teasing and stuff. I, I was such a bubbly, loving, young, outgoing girl when I was younger and from all the teasing and bullying and abuse from the teachers, I, I just became a bitch. <laughs> Like, I couldn't win. I tried to be nice to kids. They would be mean to me. I'd be a bitch and fight back. They'd be mean to me. So I'm like, fuck it. Whatever. Just don't, don't talk to me anymore. So I already had a chip on my shoulder. I was not proud of that. Um, and even my dad said at one point, he's like, man, you, you don't really have much patience anymore. And so when he passed, I just, I spiraled. And I, I turned to food hard. Um, and so I was already aware that I was, you know, gaining weight from before and was wanting to lose weight. And now it's just like food, 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 food. You're fat, 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 fat. You suck. You're ugly because you're fat. You can't do anything right. <laughs> like it, it was a lot. Um, and I just became a person that I despised. I was so negative, so cynical, so much fuck you mentality because I was in so much pain and then the pain just even furthered from being overweight. 
Um, so with that said then, um, within six months, I went into a master's program because my dad always wanted me to have a continued education. And so that was like my honor thing to him. And again, working full time, going to school, food, fast, whatever, gaining more weight, not dealing with PTSD from my father's passing because of how he passed. Um, and not really being able to talk about it much, which I, I still can't for legal reasons, hopefully soon, um, COVID pushed that out, but it, I just kept gaining more weight. And at one point I actually, I joined Biggest Loser at a corporate job and I won, I wasn't where I wanted to be, but I won it, I lost some weight. I put it right back on and you know what? I didn't even feel good about myself still. I still hated who I was because I was still that hurt girl who missed her dad, who hadn't dealt with the shit from all the bullying and everything. And when I finished my master's, I actually broke up with my then boyfriend of nine years. A um, couple months later. And because I just, I realized I'm like, this is not the relationship for me. I pretty much within four months had a quarter life crisis. And I'm like, that is not the relationship for me. He does not treat me how I want to um, be treated, how I deserve to be treated. And the, this is a turning point. And I, I'm only going to say this because I want other women who are in the situation, because I talk to a lot of women about this. They come to me about it. If you are not comfortable with your daughter, or if you were to have a daughter being treated the way you are treating, or if you are not comfortable telling her about your situation, get the fuck out of that relationship because it is not meant for you. You deserve more. Moving on. Um, so I broke up with him. Two weeks later, I was in Belize. I went on a yoga retreat and I did not eat for four days. Like I just couldn't. I'd be nauseous. I'm like, what's going on? And the yoga instructor who's also life life coach, she's like, well, I think you're kind of just shutting the relationship and she gave me some meditation tools to release that person um i had a bit of like an island romance which helped things <laughs> i mean it was it was very like pg but it you know it was still it was nice and i'm there like oh jesus i haven't kissed another dude in like nine years so i even know how to kiss another person <laughs> it was so funny um, but anyway, so after that, then I, it, it, by the way, mind you, I just, I was looking over the weekend for like for retreats and it was a Saturday night or Sunday night. It was leaving that Saturday. So I had to buy a flight right away. And I just went in on Monday. I'm like, Hey boss, I hope you don't mind, but I really need this. I'm going to be gone all the next week. God bless him. He was supportive of it. Um, and then when I came back, uh, my granddad, he had dementia. So I wanted to go back home to Ireland and really spend time with him before he forgot who I was. So that May, because my dad passed in May, and I'd go back home every year for his mass. I went back home. I decided to quit my job, spend the month with him, and then do a little trip around Europe and then go back into corporate. Well, while I was there, I'm like, you know what? 
I gotta figure out who the hell I am. This is not okay. I'm not okay being this person. I keep trying to lose weight to gain confidence. I keep trying to be positive and be nice so my dad will be proud of me. But in doing that, it's like, I'm not doing it for me. That's why it's not working. And he just wants me to be happy. That's all he wants. So I need to learn how to be happy. Be happy with me. I need to heal. So I came back from Europe in June and all of July I went back to Belize. And I just toured the whole country. And in that month, I journaled the hell out of it. I meditated the hell out of it. And it's not like I was exercising because dear Lord, it was way too hot, okay? It was the Caribbean in July. I tried, but it was too hot. <laughs> but I walked a lot. Um, I ate pizza, you know, I ate this other stuff, but I wasn't emotionally eating. It was just like, I, I was eating less because I was actually shutting the emotions. And even though I didn't work out, even though I didn't stick to some diet, um, I ended up losing 10 pounds. Like I just looked in the mirror towards the end of the trip and I'm like, holy shit, are those some abs starting to form? Like, that's insane. And so I, I gave up that <laughs> and I just sought, I sought out my soul. And in doing that, I became the version of myself that I'd always wanted to be, that I'd been searching for since I could even remember. And yes, I'd been looking to lose weight for like 12 years, probably like you. Um, but I, I came to a point where I was like, I just want me back. And I yeah. got it. And so like you, I also teach meditation in my program. Um, but I really go through figuring out what those limiting beliefs are, what's holding you back and ditching that emotional weight. So you can come back home, like you say, to yourself and therefore feel confident in yourself, feel more confident and comfortable in your body, in your skin, in your boundaries, in, you know, making better choices for yourself and eating better and moving your body because you love yourself, not because it's a punishment. Um, so I also did a lot of work around food with that. And one thing I really asked myself was, does this nourish me or am I trying to fill some kind of void right now? And that helped a lot. Yeah. So that's my, my long ass story of a quarter life crisis, which my therapist said is actually common for people who have a master's. They have a quarter life crisis afterward. Um, because I started going to therapy for my father's passing and stuff. And it was only after that, that trip that I was actually able to tell her about my father's passing. I spent four fucking years in therapy, skirting around the damn subject because I was not willing to cry in front of her. I was not ready to go that deep. And then during that journey, I was like, I have to deal with this. I think I have PTSD. And she said like, yeah, you do. Yeah. So, yeah, I was in a, I was in a very similar boat and I don't want to, you know, go too deep into this right now because we're running low on time, but, um, yeah, ultimately when I started doing the deep work, it all came back to the childhood trauma that there was, there was some abuse and neglect that happened at a very early age that, you know, I had such a deeply rooted belief that. I was not enough that I was not wanted um, and was 
actually not worthy of love and being listened to. And that was like hardwired in there so deep. And so it's like, I had to go back and do some massive work on that base mindset that has been there since I was like four. And I can't imagine how hard that is for you. Cause I know how hard my journey was and I have parents who absolutely love me and they would tell me you're capable of anything. Like my mom was constantly telling me, I love you. You're beautiful. Everything like that. These girls are just jealous, but it, unless you learn it for yourself, it doesn't matter what someone else tells you. But I mean, for you to have that, that kind of added struggle with it and lack of support. I can't imagine how tough that is. Yeah, mental mental health is a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, mental health. My, my mom had severe PTSD mm. um, from things that happened to her. So it was, it's generational trauma. You yeah. know, it's hurt people hurt people. And that is, I think, what is truly at the core of this. Um, is like learn how to stop hurting yourself like it doesn't matter what you've been through it doesn't matter how many times you failed how many times you fell off the wagon like you do not deserve to be punished anymore like, absolutely you, like you've you've served your time <laughs> you never deserve to be punished in the first place you know so like letting go of that of that like victim mentality of that I, I almost deserve the suffering because if I was good enough, you know, this wouldn't have been happening. So the fact that I can't do this, maybe this means I actually am a failure and I actually am broken and I kind of deserve the pain and the suffering. Maybe, I mean, it, it just, it just messes with your head. And when you're in survival mode, when you're in that place of such intense pain, that's all you can see. That's what's driving all your choices. That's what's driving everything. So it's like, I love what you said about like going searching for your soul again. Cause well, that's, that's that so question, on point. That question that I asked you before of like, well, what made you decide, okay, I do need to do this inner work. Um, I think you would, you would agree with this is that we avoid pain right? We avoid pain more than we go towards pleasure. That's why we can, you know, try to do the diets and stuff like that, but it's uncomfortable because it's stuff that we don't normally do. So then it's kind of painful. So then we back away from it and stuff or we don't think we're worthy. So we give up or whatever. Um, but for me, it was, I got so uncomfortable with hating myself and who I was that I was just like, okay, daddy passed. If I was on my deathbed, would I be happy about how my life is going right now? Yes. Or, you know, what? So I, I just knew, okay, it's now or never. Um, and in, I always knew that I wanted to have my own business as well. I've always been a person who's kind of coach people, that advice giver. I've always been an old soul. And so even though I went and had all this background in business, I went and got a certification life coaching. And it wasn't until, you know, later in my journey, I'm like, you know what? This is the shit that's missing. I've been trying to lose weight, but it's all wrong. You have to do it the opposite way. And this is how you learn to love yourself. You can't just 
because so many people try to approve of themselves and say, yeah, I'm enough as I am and I'm amazing, blah, blah, blah. You can't do it like that. That's, it stops so many people because you just feel like you're lying. You have to take baby steps and say, you know what? I accept who I am. Even if I don't like it, I accept it. And then you work from there. Um, So that's like the three month process that I go through with women. So a lot of them do lose weight, but it's so much more. It's that inner weight, that spiritual vibration. You just said something that just like clicked something for me Um, of like the acceptance, the power of acceptance of just like, even if you don't like it, once you accept it and you stop fighting it, Mm -hmm. you can change it, but you cannot change something while you are in a place of denial. Yep. You can't hate your way to self-love. You just can't. Yeah. Buy it. I dare you. It doesn't work. We've both been there. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't you can't change a problem if you're still in denial that there is a problem. Like Exactly. You can't do it. Like it, at some point you're gonna have to have that surrender moment that it sounds like both of us had where it's just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I had to admit I don't know how to do this. Like I all, all the things that I learned dieting, all of this stuff, I had to I'd finally admit, and it was a hard thing to let go of, but I had to finally admit, this is not the way. Yeah. And to your point of like, you didn't know how, you knew you had to help yourself. You knew something had changed. You just didn't know how. And I want to encourage you all, you don't have to know how, you just have to be willing to take the steps. Yes. We went and figured it out kind of on our own. Um, well, I shouldn't say on our own. Like, I'm sure you have too. I've read a lot of books, podcasts, talking to so many people and stuff. We're never truly alone. But we we did it in a much more difficult way. That took a hell of a lot longer. Whereas you don't have to, right? Like, that's why we want to have this podcast to help guide you, help give you tools and tips. And we share our own stories in hopes that it helps you so you don't feel as alone. Um, but that's why we created, like, we each have our own three-month transformational life programs. Um, or, well, maybe you call yours something different, but changes your life. I've talked to her about her program. It's fucking amazing. It's going to change your life. But um, that's why we created our programs as well. So you can have those transformations within three months versus, you know, 10, 12 plus years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's basically like, <laughs> stop doing this and start living your life stop existing start living that's what i first said when i yeah. started my business yeah and stop stop surviving like thrive <laughs> like this this just acceptance i tell my clients all the time it's like when when i see them starting to you know kind of battle with it again i just like want to grab them and shake them and be like stop accepting table scraps stop it like you are worth the whole damn table and you are worth so much fucking more of this like you're the queen of your kingdom queen doesn't need table scraps man stop it and so like that's like kind of my call to each of you guys like you don't need to live like this you do not need to be in this much pain for so much longer you do not need to lose the weight before you remember who you are before you realize you're enough that you're worthy Yeah. It's like, stop doing this. Stop justifying the suffering. Stop justifying the pain. Stop telling yourself you're not enough just because your body jiggles a little bit. Like, stop it. I would just like to say, I think it was 
J-Lo or Beyonce. And one of them was talking about their trainer was working them so hard. And they're like, yeah, we need to tighten up this booty. And she's like, no, I needed to be able to jiggle that. That's like what it should do when you're dancing and you're shaking it. And I'm like, yeah, embrace the jiggle, man. Embrace the jiggle. So yeah, stop accepting table scraps and saying this is all I deserve. You deserve the whole fucking bakery. Amen. I love it. Um, well, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Obviously, it's a little bit longer because we're sharing our stories. We're sharing what this podcast is about. But we felt it was very important that you know our background that you know we we've walked the talk man like we we've been through the hard shit we can relate to you know what you're going through we love you so much um and we're so excited to share this content with you and talk to you about body positivity and finding yourself again your identity and learning to love who that person is and healing from your past and those traumas so Thank you so much, Don, for sharing your story. Thank you guys for listening to my story. And again, I hope this helps you. We are so, so excited for this. And make sure you subscribe, share this with your friends who are struggling with self-love, with confidence, all that stuff. And we will see you on the next podcast. And until then, save your fucks for some magical shit. Thank you so much for spending this time with us on the Zero Fucks podcast. We had an absolute blast and we hope you did too. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone in your life who you feel needs to hear it, that would be amazing and we would be forever grateful to you. Also, please leave us a review if you feel moved to do so. We love hearing from you guys, so shoot us a message and tell us what you think, share your story, and what topics you would like to hear us bring to the table. It would really help us on our mission to help you. We'll see you guys next episode. And until then, remember, go out there, live boldly, unapologetically, and save your fucks for magical shit.